evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. This episode is something I wanted to try where I spoke to other people who do metal and music podcasts. There's some fantastic shows out there and I really wanted to kind of talk to people and, and, and see why they started a podcast, why they talk about the music they talk about and what they had their intentions behind the podcast. There's so many out there. It's nice to kind of maybe get a little bit of a guide into someone you should check out because there, there is there is so many and it's good that there is. Um, so I've been listening to Midweek uh, Metal Podcast with Ricky and James and I've been getting an awful lot of new bands and stuff introduced via that. So I thought, you know what, let's, let's, let's get them on the show. Let's have a conversation and see where they're at. And it was great. It was great to talk to, just great to talk to other metalheads, if I'm honest with you, about the scene and about what's going on. And, and why they started their podcast and what they wanted to get from it, which was different from maybe what what I wanted to do. I hope you enjoy this. Uh, I'm going to try and speak to a lot more podcasts. If you do have a podcast or a show, a radio show, and you would like to talk to me, and we can talk about that and what you're doing with that show, please get in touch by all the usual channels. I think it'd be great to talk to to more. And I'm going to try and reach out and speak to more podcasts and, and shows about metal as I can. This one was a, a lot of fun. Uh, this is my conversation with... Ricky and James from the Midweek Metal Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really nice to have uh, the hosts of the Midweek Metal Podcast on the show. Where uh, Good evening, sirs. How are we doing? Good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. I, I just really wanted to... First of all, I, I kind of stumbled upon your your show uh, through the, the, the timelines and then the social media lines that you find. Um, but I just wanted to say thanks for right, right off the top for introducing me to a whole load of bands I'd never heard of, which was fucking brilliant, by the way. Brilliant, yeah. All the bands that we've had on there send us their music, which is one of the best things about being on doing the podcast because it's uh, yeah, it's amazing. And the, when we started it, we did realise how much bands would send us the music. We started it from a, just, just randomly, because uh, we wanted to hear some new bands, it's like yourself, it was like, listening to the same old stuff, and we really wanted to get new bands out there, and um, yeah. they, they answered. <laughs> <laughs> it's surprising, isn't it, when you put the call out, just how many bands, like, kind of get in touch. There's a fucking wealth of metal out there, isn't it? It's, oh, and yeah. it's all fucking of a real high quality as well. It's, it, yeah. it's amazing what's out there. It really is. There's so many good bands out there that we've discovered. That's one of the things I keep saying. Like, I can't believe this band is signed. Some of the bands we've discovered. Uh, yeah, it's just so good. So much good heavy stuff out there. It's because we're in, we're in a time now where to where recording is much easier. Uh, you know, producing your own music is probably the easiest ever it's ever been in history, and so the, the benchmark has moved right the way up. I remember the first bands that I was playing in, and the idea was to get vinyl. The, the CDs didn't exist. I'm that old, and it's like mm-hmm. now you can you can pretty much produce something of absolute amazing quality in in a home situation, and that's like that's only a good thing, right? Yeah, so good. Yeah, I mean, we've got a number of bands that we've had, and they're only two members. But the noise it's making, <laughs> I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's all done in the studio. It's a little difficult to do that live, but what they're producing is really like, top shelf. Yeah. So, it's, yeah. Th- those one-man projects are like, they're ace, because now, instead of having four or five guys arguing about which way the sound's going to go in the direction of the music, you have one guy, or mm. maybe two, with like their singular vision, don't you? So you get yeah. like some really interesting stuff put out there. Definitely. Yeah, it's amazing. Really inspiring, actually. Yeah. So when when you guys were, let's go all the way back, as I often do on the show, when you guys first started Head Metal, what was it you were listening to when you first started getting into it? Me? Um, I was sort of born into a family, parents, and they both listened to metal. So my mum often tells me I was a terrible child and she used to hold me over the vinyl and I used to watch Zeppelin records go around. And uh, <laughs> that, that would put me to sleep. And um, then my dad was massively into uh, Sabbath. And um, so I was born in 88. So it was uh, the new wave of British heavy metal as well that my, my, my dad was into. And my mum wore White Snake, um, Zeppelin, bands like that. And... Um, yeah, so I grew up listening to that. And then when 
I went to secondary school when I was, I was about 11. I sort of found my own way. And bands then, it was 99, so bands like Slipknot, um, Korn, uh, Killswitch, and bands like that, they were coming out. And that was when I found my, that was my, my metal, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that, that was mine. And then I took that home and listened to that. And um, yeah, ever since then, it's been growing. So that's how I really got into metal through my parents, really. Mm. Mm. That's what kind of like, uh, that's the, the, that's how it should be, right? right? Is it you, you get touched by metal a little bit and you go, okay, well, I like that, but I want to find my own band and I want to find my own, my own tribe, if you will. And you, 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 it's around like sort of the new metal and that type of stage. That's when you kind of found your, your, was there one band for you that was like, that's the, I, I like just absorbed everything that they had? Oh, um, probably Sleepboard in the beginning, mm. probably. Um, not so much now, to be honest. But even though that new metal was about, and I was still at it, I still, I still was Sabbath, and I still was Motorhead, and I, I that, that I'd never lost it. And yeah. then it was great because going into school and friends and whatever, they were into this new metal stuff, and most of them they didn't even hear the old stuff, but like the, the the creators of it. And I was like, dude, you listen to this, yeah. it'll change your life, and got them into it, and it was great. And then yeah. It's it, interesting, isn't it, how you, you 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 fall into two camps when you when you start getting into metal. You fall into the I would like to push it and listen to the most heavy stuff that's out there, the most extreme, and I want it to go faster and I want it to go louder. But then once you kind of have that, you've experienced the sort of the edges of the map. You go, okay, well, who influenced these guys and who were the original guys? And that's when you go back to Sabbath, uh, you know, and an early Slayer and, and to an extension sort of the new wave, like Judas Priest and things like that. Yeah. And you kind of go back as well, don't you? And then you realize, oh, shit, you know, Motorhead was pretty much standard tune and it sounds heavy as fuck, like, you know, because <laughs> yeah, it was all down to the attitude, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Exactly and then what about like yourself then? What about you? Uh, very much similar. It was, uh, it was my dad that was mainly into the, the, the heavier music, and I'll grow up like Rick with uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, Rush, Queen, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then again, when the sort of new metal came out, I didn't quite get it actually. I, I kind of sort of was quite stubborn towards it and stayed with the stuff I grew up with um, until I sort of discovered the Metallicas, and then Pantera was it for me. And yeah. like I say, I, I started getting heavier and more thrashier, and then really wanted to go back to the to the, the start of it all and that led me back to sabbath and then just had a more deep appreciation for it so yeah yeah similar, it's when you when you see there. like um you know when you see Dimebag playing like into the oh. void and you're like what the fuck is that riff you know, yeah. that? and you yeah. go back and you, yeah yeah it's i love that though when it, the, like by extension by buying into it's like pantera and they wear t-shirts and they talk about the bands that they love and you go back and find mm. those bands i think that's magical that like when that happens i think that's oh. it that's one of the best things of, of, of discovering new music isn't it it is and uh obviously pantera 30 years of vulgar display of power is crazy, crazy isn't it <laughs> it's yeah. absolutely that's crazy, crazy. <laughs> 30 years i mean i was there wasn't there but um yeah so that that guitar tone just on that just on that album it's just yeah it's amazing yeah but like, 30 years like fucking i can't say that enough i was there for that i was there for that kind of explosion and we we really didn't ha didn't know how good we had it we had like you know sort of the 90s there was some incredible stuff going on you know most bands are operating at the height of the powers you know and like you say vulgar display of power still stands up now you know and oh, what's great yeah. is that you get to see another generation experienced that so you get to see um there's a girl on youtube and she plays only uh dime bag solos and quite deep cuts as well you know not not, not necessarily the famous ones and she's fucking amazing so a super super great player and but her, her whole the whole thing is that she looks like a librarian she makes fun of the fact that she doesn't look metal <laughs> at all but she's playing it on this like fucking uh i think it's a washburn i think it's a mappy kramer and then um, and she sounds exactly like Dimebag, and he would fucking absolutely love that. Love like, it, you know, yeah, he definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you like when you set about putting together the the mid midweek metal podcast? Wh why why do that? Why start that process? So yeah, we um, so I met James. He we in work, so he'd be to work, and then we we listen lunch breaks. Because we found out we both like metal lunch breaks. All we used to do just go listen to metal, eat a lunch, 
it's just lived in metal. And I, I was saying for what, how years, when I maybe yeah, about two, two years, years. I've yeah. kept on saying I want to make a podcast. I just want to get new bands out there because we, we were finding new bands anyway, sort of through Spotify and YouTube and whatever. But I don't know, it wasn't satisfying enough. <laughs> it just wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't doing it for us. So now I kept on saying, yeah. I reckon if we'd done a podcast, it would be awesome because all we'd done for an hour of what our lunch was talking about metal. And yeah. <laughs> I said, we could do a podcast. And then one day, just off the cuff, I was like, sod it, we'll do it. And then done it. Uh, think done the couple, first couple, like two, just on my own. And then I was like, James, get in here. <laughs> and he was, he was like, um, cool. And yeah, then. We started just doing a podcast playing bands sort of that were out there already and uh, and then get our social media up a bit and we put messages out there saying that these bands come in and we'll play you on the podcast. We didn't have much following them, but it was whatever it was. And yeah, they just kept on coming. And I, I now- love that, um, that it's 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 you it's what you talked about work because I may be wrong here, correct me if I'm wrong. But is there any other genre of music where two people on their lunch break will talk about it? I don't think it doesn't happen, right? It doesn't, it doesn't happen. And you go, and you when you see another metalhead where he's yeah. got like a, a a shirt on or a battle vest or whatever it is, there's almost we talk about a lot on the show. There's almost that unsaid thing of I think you'll like the same things as me, and yeah. we'll think and maybe even have the same comedy as each other. Yeah, I don't think there's, there's, no other, there's no same other sense one, of, same sense of humor, same comedy, yeah, yeah. Um, same sarcasm. I just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, and then it's like brilliant. it's it's also interesting when you talk about uh, you know that you would get fans suggested by the algorithm of Spotify and YouTube and what how whatever you have, but there's something wonderful about some a physical an actual person talking about an album or a track or a band, isn't it? I mean. Did you have, when you were starting to listen to Metal Land Now, did you have those kind of, not gatekeepers so much, but people who would, you would go, what's cool, what's good to listen to? How did you kind of get onto new bands before the sort of the prevalence of Spotify and that type of thing? Uh, I guess it was, again, once you sort of found the sound that you were looking for, mm. and um, for me it was when I got into college and started, uh, we, we created a band there, and once you start mixing with people that have got the same interest, you discover other bands that way. Either they, they sort of lend you an album or and you start, it sort of slowly sort of went on from there. But I think through Spotify, certainly through doing this, it's so quick to discover yeah. a new bands. Um, so that's, that's what I love about it as well. Yeah, it is, it is very quick. I think sometimes it is, it is too quick sometimes because it takes away some of the stuff. I mean, I remember as a teenager going to places like HMV and stuff and buy, I mean, CDs were out then, but buying a CD because of the cover and <laughs> look at the CD and think, oh, this looks awesome. You know, they see buy two for a tenner or whatever it bloody was. <laughs> and they come bringing them home and playing them. And like, yes, this is great. But so it does take a bit out of that. Now, yeah, it, but, um, there's nothing true. has more weight than when your mate comes up to you with a CD and goes, Listen to fucking this, this is yes. fucking insane. It, it adds like a, a a weight to it, doesn't it? Like, you know, it gives us some kudos. It's like, I remember there's a, there's a record shop in Manchester, and they have um, on, on the vinyl section every so often, I'll have like a little card above the vinyl that will have like uh, someone in the record shop's review of that album, and they'll be like, It's fucking and they're brilliant, but it added a bit of weight to it. You know, and, and that's that's what like you don't get that with with streaming services. That's the thing that you maybe don't get. You don't get where someone's actually in personally endorsing it. You know, you get friends sharing stuff, but no one actually putting the CD in your hand going, "This is fucking awesome." You need to listen. To it. Almost forcing you to listen to it. Forcing, I remember, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember having friends forcing me to listen to Slayer. Go, no, 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 you fucking, you must. And Cannibal Corpse are going. I was, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got no interest in listening to this. They're like, no, 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 it's fucking great and fucking. <laughs> Forced me to listen to it, yeah. and I gratefully did, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit like us actually with Ghost because he kept ramming it down me every lunch. You go, just listen to this one. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. I really, it's not heavy enough. And go, yeah, but yeah, just listen to this one. And eventually, eventually, I got, I got it, and I started to work my way back to the first album. I was like, dude, Ghosts are amazing. <laughs> but initially, yeah. I was like, just couldn't get it. But it was and it's that like, yeah, it's that willingness to go, you know what, I'm going to sit and, and work and listen to this album and let it try and get, because you go through the whole like 
uh, and finding the next heavy thing. Oh, listen, this is heavier than the thing you played me. Oh, this is even heavier. This is even this is even faster. And you go through those processes, but there's nothing better than you know than finally kind of going through a good example of that where you know a lot of people initially were like, well, it looks like this type of band, but it sounds like this type of band. And they took a while for people to break through and go, oh, okay, I get what's going on. And yeah. it's the same with extreme music, I guess, to a certain degree, is that things that are very fast and extreme, it's it, people can bump up against that. Because, like, how do I fucking access death metal? How do I access this? Yeah. You know, mm. What is my entry point? And that's one of the things that I think your show does really well, is this a really nice balance, gents, of, uh, you know, of, of quite aggressive stuff to, you know, more almost classic, if you will, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, and, and there's a really nice balance, is that? Do you sit there and argue over the, over the playlist? <laughs> no, not really. We do, well, it is, there is a balance there. We do try and balance it out. <laughs> we, I listen to these bands. And I'm like, well, this is super heavy. <laughs> and this is a bit mellow. This is a bit doomy. And I think, well, we'll put these in this place and that in that place. And it, I, I think, yeah, personally, as you said, I think um, it, it works well, the, the playlist and uh We've still got so much to get through, though. It's so funny because we've got this we've got this playlist set up on Spotify, which is all the unplayed stuff, and it's about what nine hours worth. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff still yet to come. But um, <laughs> it's a nice it? chore, but it's a chore. It, it, it is something. Yeah, yeah, great. yeah. It is a lot it's, of not, it's nice. We've kind of we've kind of took over way back in the day when you had like record labels. They would have when it was physical media. They would have obviously. I would assume mountains of cds to listen to that were sent by everybody we've yeah. took their place now to listen to and it's like oh shit we've become them and then we're sitting there giving like a, a band 30 seconds ago no that shit that riff doesn't work and yeah. that's probably what we fucking complain they did we're yeah. like oh i'm not giving my every day you know i never even thought of that <laughs> <laughs> it's um <laughs> yeah the event we get said it as well i mean every app the songs, a lot of the times, uh, we listen to the songs. We try to listen to an album because I do like listening to a band's album because it's their, it's their, their artwork, their, their bit of art that they've done. Because because there's some albums out there, like New Rivers Night Hill album that came out in oh. 2020. That is just amazing. But it's a masterpiece as an album. It is, yeah. Yes. It's, not, it's not a single... There's, if you listen to a single song, you'd be like, yeah, it's all right. But as an album, it's amazing. Yeah, to the albums. Yeah. Well, that goes, like you say, that, that leans into now that, you know, bands have all the things available to them to produce something that, that back in the 90s, for example, would seem completely unattainable. You know, vinyl, gatefolds, you know, colour vinyl, all that type of thing, even to the point where now where we <laughs> bands are embracing old tech, like tapes and stuff. It's like, mm. when, it, when is the line going to come when a, when a band goes, we've released an 8-track, that's going to be it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. Sludge, riff band, will do that. It's got to be a But it's like, it's, it is, it's, it's probably the most uh, easiest time to record and, uh, and, and produce something that you would want to be put out there. You know, it's, it's probably the best of times, you know? Yeah, definitely. Even with um, the, the discovery of Orbit Culture, that was for me. And I realised that uh, the front man, um, I forget his name, Nicholas Colson, I can't remember his name. But he, he does not only the writing, but he you know, produces it, he masters it, he does everything. And it's just mm. like, and he learned to sort of do that in his own free time. Yeah. And the, the, the quality of like, the, the album Media is just absolutely out of this world. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the, we're, we're talking about like not just playing an album, but maybe sometimes playing most of the instruments. You're talking about the, Everything, the production, the artwork, even sort of management and booking is now all been able to be done by almost one person, you know, yeah. which is, I suppose it's good and bad. I suppose it's good because you are, you're getting that album and that artist to the nth degree. Mm. Uh, but there is, I suppose you could argue that there's, there's a bad side to it as well, where, you know, some of the best work done by the bands that we've talked about on this show have been done because they worked with a producer. You know, yeah. think about what Terry Date did with 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 Pantera is a good mm -hmm. example. You know, cool. where they there's a bit of that. So it's interesting. You know, I don't think we've seen the end of going into a studio and working with a producer. I think it just means now that the the demo level and the the uh, the introduction albums that bands make are just of a higher quality now. You know, yeah, definitely, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I think when when bands go into studios now, the expectation is that the demo that they have 
is pretty damn good, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people will say that, you know, that, that that's almost like there's too much out there. That could be one of the arguments put forward. But I think that I'd rather have that argument than, than not enough. Not enough. There's, yeah, there's never too much. Never. I'd, yeah. I'd rather have massive amounts out there. Just keep it going. And there's not enough because uh, metal's never going to die anyway. It's a, it's a, it's a genre that's eternal. It's timeless and it's eternal. And yeah. there's always going to be enough. Why? <laughs> Um, why? Why would if I, if I had to say, Ricky? Why? Why? It's a big question, but why do you think that is? Why is metal eternal and timeless? I agree, and I could put forward what I think. But what? <laughs> what do you think? What do you? Well, why do you think uh, it is? It's. It's. I, I think it's more than just a music. It's a culture. I think metal is. It's. It's not just you. You don't. It's. It's like a. You don't have that one summer that you listen to Slayer. Slayer is eternal. It's, it's like a you don't it's, it, you you listen to bands. It becomes it becomes part of you. It becomes a it's a culture. It becomes part of you, and you live it. That that's why I think it would. It, it's not. It, it's not there one day and gone the next. I would completely agree. I think one of the things that helps it as well survive and be be eternal is its wonderful ability to self generate and and change skin often you yeah. know we're thinking yeah. we're we've seen that with the 90s and then into the 2000s and where we are now we're seeing uh, all these new permutations think about when you when, when you first saw slipknot this is a, a non-tet this is like more than four or five guys in a band they have a dj it's masks there's multiple things going on there's blast beats and new Things and it was all pulled together into this glorious package that now we accept as being that's that's metal and that's fine. But when it came out, there was even an art people who were kicking off that there was a the, there was a DJ. You know what I mean? There was even people had bumped up against that. Think about when the the first time the Prodigy were on Kerrang as a, 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 on the cover, and there was people kicking off at that. You know, yes, until, yeah. they, until they embraced it. It's like you know. It did some of these things that the metal have brought in, you know, when 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 the rap game came into to metal, when you know, and then now to where we are now, it's it's got this wonderful. I don't know if there's many musics that can do it. This wonderful regenerative process that just keeps going where they go. It just does. when you think nothing interesting can come from it, here we <laughs> it go. It surprises you again. Yeah, it yeah. comes up when it. So it someone breaks the mold and you've got a whole new subgenre. So yeah. It's, yeah, 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 it's, it's like. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, think about the how, how long sort of like something like ground core has been going. Uh, you know, it's, it's not as long as you think, you know, and there was a time before even death metal and death metals now, you know, now is, is established and, and it is. But we talk about like sludge and grind yeah. and all this, And it seems to be one of the genres that it almost seeks out these niches. It's like, what's the next core? What's the next thing? Yes, what's about? the next core? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, but that's positive, right? It that's is positive. positive. It's massively positive. When he just discovered fuzz rock. Yeah, fuzz rock. And then math, <laughs> math rock was the yeah, other one. Math. Math um, rock, yeah. Math metal. Uh, <laughs> so many weird... What, uh, what about what about clown core? Have you... <laughs> that's <laughs> a new one. No, that's a new one for us to... <laughs> we should check that after. Fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> it's this wonderful thing. But it's like... But it's funny. I was listening to one of your shows and, and you you were playing uh, Aim and Marth and I was yeah. like... That's Viking metal, for one of a better way, folk metal. So yeah. that's now it's established. It's a thing. It's valid. It's it's now here we go. And and I forget. But if you'd said to me, you know, 20, 30 years ago that that would become a whole genre, that would have been like I don't, I just don't see that happening. I think um, now it's it's wide open. You know, and as big as it is now as well, like the mm. the genre of Viking metal. If, yeah, if, if there's a the term yeah. for it, yeah, it's um, they it's huge. They don't even class themselves as Viking metal. They they, no. they call it melodic metal. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's like my, I think that's why. Only being, no, actually, we're, we're still rock and roll. No, we're no, always rock and metal band. It's like when a young when a young me saw Mo Motorhead live, and and Lemmy's like, "We are Motorhead, and we play rock and roll." I was yeah, like, yeah. "Maybe don't you play metal?" You and don't? It's yeah. Obviously, they do play rock and roll. <laughs> of course, exactly yeah. the same but as at the time. Yeah. I was like, oh, "You're a metal. This is, this is a metal festival, right?" You know, and yeah. it didn't. You couldn't get that like, you know. We get the same download gig and it was in the tent, right? 2004, 2005, something like that. 
literally come out my ears were bleeding. This, this <laughs> all he kept saying after each song was turn it up, Tim. It's like literally, let me seriously, you're killing this out here. It's not rock and roll. <laughs> the dude was around before rock and roll. That's what amazes me. And then he yeah. playing this, just a free piece. And I love that. I love any bands that's a free mm. piece and creates such a huge sound like that. Well, it's like you, Motorhead, uh, Lemmy himself talks about you famously quoted as saying he remembers before rock and roll. Yeah. You know, which is insane. You know, my uh, amazing. Uh, but it's quite a great thing to say, but it's very yeah. Lemmy. Uh, but when you see <laughs> them, it's like, yeah, it's three guys, it's that, that power trio. And, you know, and it's so heavy and it's so loud and it's so well done. And the energy that they put forward. That's, I think, the biggest thing that metal got hold of. Not necessarily the sound and the volume, which is part of it, but it was the energy of these guys. Of like, let me famously saying, he's not good looking. You know, they're not a good yeah. looking band. You know, you know, that's not what you're coming to see. And then the whole generation of metalheads go, hold on, I'm not good looking, or I don't fit in <laughs> yeah, with what pop says I should do. Yeah, yeah, and I like this really loud music, and it's like. So, you know, it was wonderful. that they, For me, Motorhead, as I've said before on the show, bridged the gap of punk and metal. And they mm. brought a load of punk in as well. And it would be, the punk guys were like, okay, well, it's okay to like Motorhead. And the metal yeah. guys like Motorhead as well. Okay, well, maybe we're on the same page here. And it yeah. became, they pulled a lot of threads together, you know, uh, that maybe didn't, didn't exist before. We're never going to get that again. There's never going to be a band that does that. Unfortunately, no, I don't think, no. You know, um, I suppose the new... Uh, metalcore is sort of to me it's a bit big it's big now and mm. I, I like a lot of metalcore bands I like Potway Triumph and The Ghost Inside I'm a fan of them um, just because of the same thing because it's, it's heavy and the drops breakdowns love a breakdown think about this though. think about this Ricky that Parkway Drive when they got announced for Bloodstock there was uproar mm -hmm. there, was, there was uproar now anybody that's seen that set and it's there on YouTube to see it if you do think that they don't belong there you were wrong they yeah. were fucking sensational, yeah, you know, really. and it's, and, and it's interesting, but, but at first there was still those people like that doesn't belong here. And I yeah. think that, you know, I don't think that that's prevalent too much in metal as much, but it is still there, isn't it? Where people are like metal is this, and I it don't is. necessarily think it is. I think it's whatever the, the listener wants it to be. And there are tropes that run through that, but it's, it's entirely what the listener wants it to be. I think we can get too shackled sometimes in the confines of like this is exactly what metal should be you know yeah no it's true i call it uh metal snobbery that's what i call yeah. it it's um yeah. it's a yeah, it's metal snobbery it's yeah this is this should be this these guys don't look like this they shouldn't be uh they shouldn't be up there on that stage but they they bring it right i've seen them quite a few times and yeah they're very good we've seen them we've seen yeah. them together so. it, it brings up an interesting question i'd be interested on your opinions on this is that it's often talked about where the next headliners are and the next influential bands are coming from we always talk who's headlining this show who's headlining festivals give this band a chance why is this band getting it again and that conversation happens a lot i and obviously the, the organizers of bloodstock took a chance with parkway drive they knew it was going to be great but that's still a chance there's still a chance of bad feedback and people you know not buying tickets because of that um you know is do we have to take these chances to get these headlines then you know and to sort of move forward massively i think um not just Parkway Drive, I think it must have been done through history of, of metal taking chances. I think I think that's what a lot of metal is about, just taking chances. These are you've got to give them a chance. Um, I know lots of bands raise up through the ranks and do it, and there's a lot of them that take longer than others. I mean, Machine Head have never really headlined anything. They're not a which Ballad, is, yeah, yeah, it is a travesty in my, my opinion because mm. I make them. That see now you mention it, Ricky. That seems like a glorious omission, doesn't it? <laughs> it's like, why the fuck haven't they? Yeah, you it's know? True. Look at it. Why haven't they? I mean, the albums they bought are the blackening. How can they not headline yeah. the blackening? That's it. Yeah. That's it. Why? When he, when they were touring Davidian and stuff, uh, you know, bare my eyes and stuff. Do, right. you, you know, why didn't that shit? Yeah. Now it seems so obvious. Now you mention it. Yeah, yeah it didn't. I mean, I'm on them off again. They, I think now, no, they they will now. Yeah. They're, 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 Huge now, so yeah, they're the next. They'll be the next headlining somewhere, and mm. well, still cool. Is there a, is there a problem as well that we've got, and this ties back to kind of listening to to bands and getting into them quickly, and it and they're exploding quicker than, than maybe they're ready for. Is there the the Metallica effect where, like, it happens Trivium and Killswitch Engage to a certain degree where a band yeah. starts to become big, 
They have a, maybe one or two successful albums and it looks like it's working for them. So some fucking idiot goes there, the next Metallica, and that kills them. It almost killed Trivium, I would put forward. It almost really wrecked, I think, where they were going because they were touted as being the next Metallica and this is their next Master of Puppets and this is whatever it may be. And it really restricted them because they weren't ready for that. They weren't as defined when they were kind of getting big, you know, or the next Pantera or whatever it may be. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I think, again, it's, it's going back to the whole sort of sort of trying to pigeonhole um, a band and saying, oh, that's like that, that's like that. And trying to, instead of sort of just treating them as a unique sort of branch of metal that's, that's just in, at that time, and rather than sort of trying to compare them to Metallica, or a band like that, they've already done their bit. They they put their stamp on metal. Um, mm. They're trying to appreciate them as a unique part and take risks, like you're saying. Like there's a lot of bands that have headlines that most people would have never expected, but and they've done well from it. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of unpredictable, but I don't know. It's all, it always sort of works itself. Yeah, out, no, I, I remember when yeah the Trivium and the Metallica effect of the Trivium and yeah, yeah it just I, I agree it killed them as as. Uh, ne- the next headline act. I mean, they're still trivial, they're still trivial, and they're still uh, not massive fan of them now, to be honest. But previously, yeah, it's, um, that they, yeah, maybe touted up too much. Yeah. And it can be like, like you, like you say, it can be just the uh, the expectations become massive. You know that they, they have a fairly successful album, and then the next album, the record label is like, you know, we want you know the same multi platinum sales as yeah, we expect, um, and it's like that's that's enormous you know yeah, uh, I, I, I remember talking to therapy about about after trouble gum you know because that album was so big that he was like the, the next step became almost impossible to see you know it's like we we can't do that again and the expectation shouldn't be that we're going to do that again we should just do another album and then we'll we'll go from there you know the, the yeah. metallicas of this world that kind of almost once in a lifetime things aren't they where they have like two or three albums of that big and that classicness if you will if that's even a word yeah. uh, and uh, that that doesn't happen and, and unfortunately you know we, we, we put a lot of weight on our bands don't we uh, it's because we care I think I think you know, I think it's probably because yeah. we, we get the tattoo of the band on our back or our arm and we care that much that we want it like you know how cruelly was it you know with what happened with Pantera where they, when they split you know that yeah. was yeah, that was massive and you think you know, the, the, all the factors that, that kind of destroyed that we should have had Pantera when on what happened poor to poor dime and then you know Uncle Vinny as well you know we should have had them a lot longer it's yeah. a shame it's a shame and um, I think it's because we care too much <laughs> we give a fuck too much about these fans yeah, we, we get so invested don't we we yeah, do we get so attached so invested yeah and um yeah but to be um held up to anyone you want to be held up to fucking Metallica it's hard to it's it's, yeah. it's hard to reach them levels to be touted to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's because I think I think the reason they become a go-to for a lot of people is because music aside, the way they handle their presentation, they were into branding and all that type of stuff way before most metal bands even knew what the fuck was going on. And they were going, well, this is our logo and this is yeah. how we'll pull ourselves across and this is what we'll do with the internet and stuff. And you know, Napster aside and some of the sidesteps aside for the most part, they've handled themselves very well. And they became like a, that's how you do it. If you want to do it as a business, you know, this is the business of Metallica now, you know, it, and that sometimes gets frowned upon, you know. They are a business now. Metallica is a show. It's a show yeah. now. It's, it's not, it's not just going to a metal gig. You don't go to a, a, a venue, a little venue, a little shithole, wherever you go and see a show. It's a, you get all walks of life there now, which is great. People, yeah, it's open to everyone, but yeah, it's, it's a show. Well, we talk about shows, and your show recently celebrated 50 episodes, which is ace. You know, um, apparently, the, the consensus of opinion is it's going to be about 50 to 100 shows of a podcast before it's settled, and it's like a, a thing. With the first shows that you did, I mean, I've listened, I'm working my way backwards, so I'm, I'm, I'm about 24, I think I'm up to now, but I'm working my way backwards. I should have worked from the first forwards, but <laughs> was those first shows that you did, what were they like? Were they, were they fully formed? Or they <laughs> no, <laughs> we, had, we didn't have a clue what we were doing. We uh, didn't, really. Not really. There's no, there's no real script or anything. Um, yeah. It's really just about introducing the new bands. We have a laugh in between. We stumble. We, we, we fuck up a lot. 
But it's it's just what it is. It's just there's no script, is it? There isn't. We are we get as I said, get these bands sent to us now, and we find as much info as a band we can, like whatever, whatever, and everything else is just off the cuff. And we uh we listen to we listen to them through the week, and and that's it. That's it. What's 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 great is that the more I listen, the more I get the individual comedy of either and and, and framework of you both both parties so yourself ricky and james i i kind of know you know when you, you start to get hang around with the same people over time and you, <laughs> understand, you know what i mean it yeah, feels yeah. like that so uh, ladies and gentlemen anybody checking out the show and i will put the, the links on there go through a few shows because you'll start to almost hear what someone's going to say next and who's going <laughs> to like what and what they're going to say <laughs> and you'll hear those almost catchphrases and almost those things you, you hear people say over and over again and it's wonderful and it, and it means that when you talk about a band and you say, you know, I really like this and this band's going to play this band next, it's got a great beat down section or a great middle eight or whatever. I, I listen. I genuinely listen. Oh, and I'm really, sure a lot yeah. of listeners do. I think one of the things I've talked about to people who do start their podcast initially is that is the first step is actually just fucking doing it, of not worrying about it being maybe a bit shit or a bit ropey or this not working, that not working, not being fully fleshed out. It's to just start it, right? Oh yeah, I mean, we we even what two podcasts back. How many times do we have to restart it? Oh. Like, so, like, <laughs> so 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 many just connections. You're getting into a flow and it just cut out. And you're like, fuck, so we've got to do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. well, but what's good? What's good now? Um, so there's me and James. We do the actual podcast and whatever. But we've got um, two of our other friends now that are on it. So our friend Aaron, he sort of took over like the social media side of it because he was just getting a lot. But he's, he's He's awesome. So he's took over the social media side. So he's getting that. And then we've got our other friend Ross, who started to put the music in the background and start to edit it a bit. So lots of the other stuff have been taken off of us. So we can just concentrate on bands, getting more bands, listening to more bands through the week and not worry more about all the other shit that comes with it, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you, that's how you know it's, it's it's going well then because now you can do that and you can go okay you know it is a thing now people will listen to the show and they're listening to it now and you, that's why you get these other people involved and you can start to build on that you know it's it's like a band going okay well we we can't book our own tours now so we'll get a, a promoter we'll get a booking agent and we'll get this is your experience and that this is growth gentlemen this is it you get to fifty shows it doesn't happen by accident and you know and so do you. How connected are you with your community then? Do you do you get a lot of feedback? Is there is there any room for that? Yeah, so obviously the social media side of it and my own Facebook and stuff like people, the most of the bands that sent me like groups and just to my own um, Facebook and obviously playing them on there and people yeah people send their feedback to the show mostly through social media because we only really put it on Spotify because we use our music from there and so we. But, but yeah, all, most of the feedback's good, and uh, it's basically it's just having fun with it, basically. And people just have fun with it and say, "Yeah, it's great." And they laugh and say, "Take out bits of what we've done," and so and 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 connect with it as well. Sort of, they um, find bits that they connect with themselves and say, "Oh, that little bit was funny." Uh, or give their own opinion about whatever we've said, basically. Yeah, it, it comes across that. And this is the, the best thing about the podcast is it comes across as that A, you genuinely love metal, genuinely love it, but also genuinely enjoy the whole process. They enjoy talking about those things. It comes across that because you wouldn't have got past show five if if you were phoned anything in. If you'd no. just been like, you know, okay, here's the next act, it's a reads list, you know, it's kids off this, but you it just wouldn't have worked. And the reason it worked, and the reason I urge ladies and gentlemen to listen to the show is because it is exactly that. It's two people who enjoy talking about it. And to get to 50 episodes, you can't do that without enjoying the medium. You can't. It just you cannot do it any other way. Like So you know, really hats off for that because I've heard a lot of podcasts that run out of steam. They yeah. get to show whatever, and it's very obvious that they're just putting insert sound clip number one, and then they're saying, and it's like it, it becomes so obvious and so phoned in. It's it's it, it just doesn't it doesn't become likable and you guys don't have that you guys have a wonderful thing where it's clear that you enjoy it and clear that you, you and more importantly like let's be honest know about it as well you know uh, yeah. you know understand the genre as well um, and I don't know if that's been fed back to you by a lot of people but it's certainly uh, that that's how I felt about it listening to the show and I 
now listen to it regularly. So if someone wants to get them their music to you, how are they best to do that? How are they best to kind of suggest that they need to give you a bio with it or any kind of press release? How, what's the best way that they should get in touch if they want to be played on the Midweek Metal podcast? So they, um, we've got Instagram, Midweek Metal podcast, or um, Metal Midweek, sorry. I'll say it every week. And I'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Instagram, Metal Midweek. We've got Twitter, Metal Midweek. Um, my own um, Facebook, which is Ricky Cow. We'll get it through there. Um, uh, email, Midweek Metal Podcast at Outlook dot com um any of them send it and yeah we'll get in touch so if, if, if you've been listening to a ton of ton of metal you've still got a lot of stuff to listen to now if you had to pick let's say each of you had to pick three bands that people have not heard of but absolutely should hear of three of them you ricky oh. three you james three three bands and you absolutely must hear okay first one that comes to mind is hands of attrition so I see you took it. This weekend I actually showed someone who's uh, at work, another fan of metal. I said, if you haven't heard this band from Burnham, check this out. It's an amazing album, Hands of Attrition, check them out. Then I love the doomy stuff. I love the, the bluesy type stuff, which is uh, first band would be 19. I don't think we've actually played them on the podcast, but I've sort of popped up. It was 1968. Um, they've got a, a three or four albums out now. I think they're really worth looking looking out for. Um, damn, they put it on me like that. I can't think. <laughs> There's so many. What do you reckon? Um, Hands of Attrition, definitely up there. Uh, I see the scars. There's another one. That's a that's a two piece. And again, the, the top quality um, production of that is is Ace. So that's my three. <laughs> Standard generic. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Urenza, there's a band called Urenza, great yeah. band, fresh little band, they're brilliant. Um, yeah, Hands of Attrition, I've, I've got to go with him with that because they are from, they're from Bourbon. I think they're still looking for a lead singer now, they've done one album and they're leasing a lift and and what, what, what they're doing with, <laughs> I don't know, they're, they're doing shows apparently, but I don't know what they're doing with themselves right now and... <sighs> Blimey. Yeah, it's very, uh, very difficult question, but lots going through my head. <laughs> I'd say the six of scars as well, because we're, we're on the same, we're all on the same page. Oh, oceans and Omens? Oh, of course. No, oh, sorry. Oceans and Omens. Well, then I'll think of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Oceans and Omens, Australian uh, metalcore band. Um, got one EP out. Um, brilliant. Sent some merch to us and absolutely amazing. Are you are you getting to see some of these? Obviously, not maybe not them, but are you going to see some of these bands live now? Did you? Are you maybe seeing shows because you're connected with these bands and you'll be following yeah, them through social media? Are you seeing them in the live context? We haven't seen them yet. Um, Sergeant Thunderhoof, um, a doom metal band that we found through the podcast. Yeah, we're going, fourth option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going um, to watch them in Guildford in June. But other than that, we've not seen none yet. But we plan to, and obviously lots of bands haven't played since we've been doing it, and now they're doing shows, we shall be there, anywhere yeah. around London and surrounding areas. So is there, is, what's the sort of the, the next 50 episodes look like, and, the, and 500 episodes? And are you are you going to start messing with the format? Are you got some ideas about what you want to do to change things? Are you going to keep it as it is? How are you going to kind of... It's, it's kind of developing as we speak. So mm. the, the script has been pretty much set as, you know, you introduce it, we get straight into the first song, we talk about it, we go to the next. It's, it's very, very sort of simple. And until, obviously, now Aaron's come into it and, and Ross, now we've got the sort of backing uh, sort of music behind us. Um, so slowly... It's kind of getting to that sort of more professional sounding, if you like, but it still has got that sort of like we're just starting it sort yeah. of feel to it, which is like, uh, which I guess is like, you know, discovering a new band before they get signed. There's that purity about it. No one knows about it, and but I know about it, and they sound fucking amazing. Everyone should know about it. And then it gets to that point when it's like, oh, the purity's gone. So we're trying to keep that, that newness 
it. Yeah, it, it's nice when it develops organically, isn't it? You know, yeah, rather than yeah. go, we'll insert this segment or whatever. It's it's better if it kind of happens off its own cuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it kind of feels like yeah, that. It's just been, like developing yeah. slowly in its own way. Talking about putting some segments in there and different things, but it just, yeah, not happened yet. But obviously we talked about doing a sort of covers. So like two bands oh, yeah. that cover one song. Right. So and putting them to it and putting, I don't know, something on social media so people can choose what cover they want mm. or what they prefer of a cover of one song. So you get sort of a Pantera song, you get two bands doing a yeah. Pantera song and they can uh, choose what one they think is better. That sounds pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Has, uh, has it happened yet, gents? I haven't got to any of the episodes where you've liked one or one of you have like, really liked one band and the other person hasn't got it and got it. I don't <laughs> I, 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 I don't understand why you think they're made. Has it happened? You oh, have to mention which times. band it is, but has it happened? <laughs> many times. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we sort of joke about it, because I'm, I'm very much of the sort of the, the doomy classic type of metal. And I, as far as I'll go, I guess it would be thrash. And mm. But Rick just loves this dirty filth. That just, <laughs> I just, I, I really, str- I genuinely struggle to go, dude, why? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> And, what is but that's, that? Yeah, what is that? But, you know, I, I've kind of got on the same page with my sugar. That took a long time. Okay. <laughs> he, he showed me this meme. I remember the meme. <laughs> he said, because yeah. I, I, I didn't get it. And uh, he said, I'll oh, check this song out. It's called Bleed. And I literally had just had a buffer face for about six minutes. It's like, what the hell is happening? And I couldn't think, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't think. It's just... It's another, it's another level. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's, again, like you say, it's, it's kind of done in stages. You can't just go straight to that. Um, yeah. It's going to take me a long time, but we do in a laughing sort of way. Uh, Rick's taste in music is far heavier. Um, and I'm a lot more sort of classic, I guess. In, in, yeah. Yeah. It's, so a, good, it's a good mix. Yeah, so when, it is a good when, mix. When uh, James don't really like saying, he's um he's, he's quite polite of James, and he, uh, he, he just says, yeah, um, he doesn't say much about it. He's like, he tries to say some good things. He don't just come off the bat and go, oh, I don't like it. He knows, he knows <laughs> I don't like it. It's a, it's a certain tone. But that's what makes him funny. Yeah. Are a door we all have to walk through, you know, because it opens up a ton of other bands once once you kind of get past that, that kind of, sort of thing and it's good that i love that i imagine that you do you get something ricky and you play it to, to james and james pulls a variety of faces and that besides if it makes it on the show i Hilarious. love the fact that that happened yeah <laughs> go through that process it's just like that's the playlist check it out and that's it it's it and we don't really sort of like have a discussion of should we play this it's just that's it so it's yeah. really fun. Well, we've got yeah, it, we've got it, we've got it together and it's, yeah, it's there. <laughs> so there'll be people listening now who want to do their own podcast to, to a varying degrees of uh, about metal. And there's a ton of stuff out there. It's very, all kinds of podcasts. If you if you had to give them advice about how they would start that, what would you say to them? So I want, I, I want to start like a show similar to yours. I want to talk about music that I like or even music in my local scene. What would, what, what would you say to them? What advice would you give them? I'd say, um, well, first of all, just do it, and <laughs> yeah, just yeah, just take that step and get out there and do it. Yeah, because we we spoke about it for a long time and never done it, and it just seems like a just talking about a little pipe dream. But yeah, secondly thing, um, do sort of your homework on the bands that if if you if you were to do bands in between, do your homework. And but I think we we found from the first episodes we we sort of did our homework, but we didn't do enough. If you know, if 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 that makes sense. And um, when we listened to it back, we we could sell. We and we changed that, didn't we? And it was a it was sort of it, it was good, obviously good for the podcast and good for everyone. And what should they do? Um, yeah, just do just, it. Just do it. Just, yeah. just take this. It is it is the biggest step, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah. just because people just are so accident, worried about. Yeah the voice being heard, because no one likes the sound of their own voice and, and sure. hearing that, and, and everything sounds as, oh, I wish I hadn't said this, and this doesn't sound. Just go and do it, ladies and gentlemen. Just go. It will be shit. Just spoil it. It will be shit, and oh, you yeah. will hate it, 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 and it will be uncomfortable. But as you as you say, as you move through it, and as James was saying, organically, it will become what it needs to become. Um, you know, And if you care about it, if you believe in what you're doing and you enjoy it, that will come across. 
It mm. will come across. It, it has to. It, it 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 comes through the speakers if someone enjoys something that they that, that they that they listen to. Um, well, we've gone. I, I didn't say it'd be about an hour. We've got an hour already, and we haven't covered half the stuff that I'd like to talk to. I will. I will no doubt. I will no doubt have the, uh, James and Ricky on again. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been really great to have uh, James and Ricky from the uh, Midweek Metal Podcast on the show. Thanks for coming on, gents. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for having us, and uh, yeah, keep it metal. Love it. Yeah. And James there from the Midweek Metal Podcast. I thought it was a, it's a lot of fun. It's just, sometimes it's great just to talk about metal. And that's one of the, one of the unique things, I think, about metal is that this, you know, wow, what a sort of massive span of, of genres within that genre and styles and stuff and, and opinions. And it's great that I love what they're doing where they, they, they're trying to you know, talk about the music they love but also perform you never heard of before, which is absolutely superb. And and, and like they were saying, going to shows then based on the, the music they've heard and that maybe shows they wouldn't have gone to before and listening to artists. And, you know, your next favourite artist is is maybe an unsigned band or a band you haven't heard before. So it's always nice to hear uh, music. And that's what I want to do with this talking to other podcasts type of show um, and radio shows. And that's everything. I want to understand why... Uh, people listen to the styles of music that they listen to, why they listen to metal and what they want to do and how they want to help the scene. And I think what Ricky and James are doing on the Midweek Metal podcast is absolutely superb. And I continue to listen to it now. It's a real touchstone for new music that, uh, that I pick up and I've discovered a ton of bands from that. And I would suggest you do the same. Naturally, I'll put links on the, the show to their podcast and the various medias that they have on there. But thanks again uh, for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you check out their podcast and enjoy that too. And as always, I'll see you at the show.